Happy Friday, friend. Today we have a faith episode, and we're going to be talking about how biblically we are to act, (laughs) even though we are in a fallen world, in a broken place, with all the hard stuff going on. How does the Bible direct us to act, to conduct ourselves as Christians? We're going to take a walk through Romans 12 today, so grab your Bible and let's dive in. Hey friend, do you want to grow your online business and actually make more money? Are you sick of feeling pressure to constantly show up on social media or be tied to your phone 24-7? Do you wish you had more time to be present with your kids without worrying about your business falling apart? There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can make money, grow your audience, and still have balance in your life and business. Hey, I'm Steph Gass, Christian business and podcast coach, boundary boss, and multi-six-figure CEO. Want to learn how I did it? Go refill your iced coffee because I'm about to teach you how to take your online business to the next level with God at the center of it all. I pray this blesses you. Let's get it. Are you struggling to know what your calling is? Do you feel like maybe you're really good at a lot of things or maybe, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm actually great at or I don't know what God's calling me to even though this is what I do for a living. You're all kinds of confused, you're super frustrated, yet you know there's some type of purpose work over your life. You just need some help figuring out what it is and how to get started. I've got a free clarity workshop that I set up, which is 45 minutes. It's gonna help you learn how to get clear on your calling, whether it is a business calling or a ministry over your life. You can head to freeclarityworkshop.com. That's freeclarityworkshop.com and take those first steps towards figuring out what you are called to do. Well, friend, it's here. It's here. The actual world, full of its sin, its suffering, its decay, and it's challenging. We've had some episodes about this recently because this is where we are. We are in a place that is dark, that has fallen, and that is reigned by the enemy. And here we sit as Christian women and men with unwavering faith and God's grace. And how do those two things intersect? How the heck are we supposed to live our lives as real, true, biblically-based Christians in this fallen place? Well, you're in luck because I was at a women's conference a couple weeks ago, and I found the answer to this question. Because I struggle. I really do. I struggle with falling into worry and anxiety, falling into idolizing the news and getting lost in just obsessing over is it the end times and just all of that. I judge. I, you know, I'm human just like you. And so I was reminded though at this conference that there is a roadmap for every single situation and every single problem that we face in our lives when we turn to God's word. God's word is the answer. And we were going through Romans chapter 12 and this like just just like epitome of clarity just struck me. And I went, this is it. This is the roadmap of how I am supposed to live. It's bigger than just 
you know, one small verse, which is wonderful and fantastic, but like this is the actual roadmap of how to live my life out, especially right now. And so I wanted to bring that here today on the show for you because I think hopefully this will help you as much as it's helped me just to be a goal. We're not perfect and we're not going to be perfect, but we can wake up every morning with an intentionality to be like Christ, be Christ-like, and to follow along with this beautiful, absolutely gorgeous visualization of what it looks like to be a true, honest, pure-hearted Christian and try our best. And yes, we're going to fail, but I'd rather shoot for a biblical roadmap of what I should be living my life like and fail than what the world says and how the world dictates that I should act. So I'm going to lay this out for you guys today, and I just encourage you to open scripture and really do a deep dive into Romans 12, do some journaling. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys today about how to apply each of these verses through Romans 12, but it's deeper than that because you can hear from me and you can feel something, but to actually put it into practice in your own life is where the true transformation is going to take place. So I just encourage you not just to listen and learn, but also to apply. So let's just go ahead and read through uh, Romans verse one, Romans twelve, verse one through thirteen, and the, verse one through four, verse one through twenty-one. Excuse me. And then we're going to dissect this section by section. Okay. So just go ahead and like, <sighs> Lord, allow us to receive, allow us to be poured into, to be challenged and stretched. Father, I pray that these words will just pour into our minds and hearts and help to transform us from the inside out. They would become beacons of light for our feet, a path for us to walk, and a truth for us to live by. I pray that these will just come in and seep in and become a piece of who we are. We welcome your word today, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. (sighs) Deep breath. Okay, I'm going to read to you Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, What is this verse telling us? It is telling us a lot of things. Uh, Verses are, every sentence, every few words are packed with value and wisdom. But let's begin in the beginning. So it says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So this is sacrificial living. When we talk about application, we talk about sacrificial living. Dedicate your life to serving God to serving others, to being kind, generous, selfless, volunteering of your time, of your finances. This is dictating, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Like your entire being is a sacrifice. Your life is a sacrifice. And then that becomes holy and pleasing to God. It says that this is true, proper worship. So us living sacrificially, is that a word? I believe so. Is actually worshiping God. It's pleasing to him. All right. So anytime I'm wanting to say, no, I don't have time for that thing, or 
I don't feel like really listening right now to this person or even, you know, being present in the situation. It's that sacrificial decision making in the moment. What will be pleasing to God? What will be an act of worship for to him right now in this moment? So for me, this looks like challenging myself just as a pause point in my mind before I take any action. I'm trying to create the habit and the routine of asking myself, is this a sacrificial decision? Is this a sacri- is this me sacrificially living right now? Um, is this me sacrificially eating, right? Treating my body with health and, and clean food. Is this me, you know, sacrificing maybe something I want to do for something that somebody else needs? It's the application of true giving of your time, yourself, your finances, sometimes our desires as well. Okay, the next thing, the next verse is verse two, which says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. This is immersing yourself in God's word, meditating on his teaching, engaging in prayer. This, it says, is how we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So we want to know, you want to know what God's will is over your life? We're told, get in God's word. So it renews your mind. Then, then, scripture has a big old T-H-E-N in here. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will. So you want to know God's will, got to get in the word. It's not a maybe, and if, then, a sometimes. It's a you must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it promises us that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. So we want good, pleasing, and perfect in our lives. Read the word. It's very, very simple. So for me, this looks like committing to that on a daily basis. I have an episode that I think came out this week. And it's about uh, the non-negotiables. And one of the non-negotiables for me is connecting with God, whether it's reading one verse and just meditating on that, getting in his presence and worshiping, active active prayer, listening to a podcast about faith. It's getting in God's word. In. And the most important, the most important, I believe, of all of those things is firsthand connection with God, which is God's word and prayer. Secondhand sources of connection can be like listening to a worship song or listening to a podcast, but like you yourself deeply connecting, not to minimize those things at all, but for you to actively go and open the book, open the Bible, put your hands on the pages, read the word, okay? That true firsthand information download is what's going to renew your mind. Okay. Now, Romans, let's move to the next section, Romans 12, 3 through 5. Let's read it. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with faith, God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we... Though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Let me read another version to you. If if a verse doesn't resonate with you the first time, read another version. Try NIV or NLT or um, CS, Christian Standard, CSTE, one of those. Okay. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give to each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. 
Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So for me, that one definitely felt a little bit more clear. So just a little tip there. So humility and unity are essential qualities. That's basically what I'm getting from this. And let's talk about application. So when we look at humility, which is not thinking of ourselves highly than other people, not judging, which is you know so difficult, thinking of ourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God's given us. So humility. So how do we cultivate a hum- humility, humble attitudes by recognizing our abilities and gifts are from God? We are not creating our own success. We are not creating things. We are simply... We are simply uh, accepting these giftings from God. We are working in communion with him to produce the fruitfulness of our lives based on the gifts that he's given us. So we need to avoid pride, avoid self-righteousness, avoid judgment, avoid gossip, and seek to just serve others with love, with gentleness. And so for me, this looks like retraining my mind and my mouth. (laughs) How many of you got a mouth on you? And I'm one of those people, like the thought comes in my head, it comes out of my mouth. It's like a very small 0.001 percentage of of like seconds before it's like, oh no, did I say that out loud? I am such that person. Uh, Don't ever tell me a secret because I probably can't keep it inside. So for me, this looks like really training and catching myself and the prayerful um, petition to the Lord, like God, help me to look at other people with love and gentleness and compassion. I want to see other people with compassion. I want to see other people the way you see them, Lord. Lift the veil from my eyes. Guide me in graciousness. Help me to have humility and kindness as my number one reaction to people. And I crush in Jesus' name the spirit of judgment, the spirit of pride, self-righteousness, ego, and judgment. I think I already said that. And gossip. I decree and declare that those will go in the name of Jesus Christ. I am free from those. Thank you, Lord. And I'm just praying this prayer. Feel free to take that and insert whatever the things are that you need help with. Praying it over my life and decreeing it over my life because we are anointed and appointed to have a strong prayer life and to speak these words of life over ourselves and over our families, spouses, children, businesses. So do it. Be intentional. That's what I'm doing. And the second one is unity. So understanding that as a part of this body of Christ, we're super interconnected. We're all interwoven. And so we need to be supporting and encouraging each other, engaging in community and fellowship, mentoring each other, Uh, spending time, listening well. And these are all things that the world tries to steal from us, tries to create barriers, wants us to live in isolation 100% virtually. And those of us with online businesses, pretty much all of you, you know, it's easy for us to hide in our house behind our laptops, uh, especially those of you that do it full time and hide from community. You know, I find myself there. I'm closet introvert even though I'm extremely extroverted sometimes, I'm also an introvert uh, often. Like I'd say I'm 50-50. And so there's times where like I've been alone for too long and I'm like, I can't go to the store by myself. And I get weird. 
And then I go, go in the world, Stephanie. Talk to people like you're fine. And I'll go and be like, that's so refreshing. It fills up my spirit. And I just remember that enemy wants to keep you alone, keep you scared, keep you lonely and isolated. And so we have to remember that unity is a call of the Lord from Romans 12, 4. We're called to be with each other, belonging to each other in service. So I just encourage you, like for me, this looks like talking to human beings, being in community, being with people, not just virtually, but in person, you know, eyes to eyes, listening well, serving them well. And so what does that look like for you? Journal over that, make an action plan and do something about it. If you find yourself struggling with this. Okay. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. I have a funny story to share with you guys about this one. So uh, coming out of COVID, like it was my dream come true. Like I am, I told you, closet introvert. Like we didn't go anywhere. We didn't see people. Like it's a struggle for me to force myself to go to places where I'm uncomfortable and meet new people, which you know I've been working on all year. I've shared with you guys. It's why I joined a monthly mastermind where I fly to Los Angeles and meet with a bunch of strangers once a month. Like I'm forcing myself. I've gone to masterminds this year. I've had interviews with huge people, huge fancy people that like made me really uncomfortable. I'm practicing putting myself out there in a new way. But a couple of years ago, I hated it and I really tried to hide from it. And I didn't want to have people at my home. I didn't want to host. And my husband had a had a calling to have people over and to host and to connect and to be in unity. That was one of the things that God was impressing on him. And I was super resistant to it. And I remember being at a church service and the whole sermon was about Romans 12, 9 through 13, specifically share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. And my face got red and my gut felt like it had been punched. And I felt like there was a huge scarlet letter on on my forehead that said like me, like I suck, like this is for me. And I circled it to practice hospitality. And then I looked from the corner of my eye and my husband was totally looking at me. <laughs> I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, so I began to pray for a hospitable heart. I began to pray that the Lord would soften my heart for service, that the Lord would help me to be willing to get uncomfortable, to be willing to be in community, to serve, to help, to host And over the next couple of years, you know, he's really done such a beautiful work in me in this area. But I want, I share that story with you because God will highlight where you are weak. God will give you the answer if you are praying for it. And so for me, it's like, Lord, which of these areas am I struggling in? Am I weak in? Please help me, Lord. Help me to grow stronger. That I'm not afraid of God displaying the weaknesses that I have. I'm not afraid of him highlighting the things I need to change. Because if I'm going to become the best version of me, which is me being the most Christian, 
Christ-like person that I can possibly be living my life in alignment with his word and his will. I have to be aware of the places in which I've, I'm failing, right? I'm, I'm human and we all are and it's fine. God's grace. There's no condemnation or guilt or shame in it. It's the way that it is. And so it's God, if I'm, I'm struggling in this area, strengthen me, help me, give me what I need and he will. And so I'm happy to say like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's awesome. Like how, what a work he's done in my heart in this area and how it's been a beautiful gifting for not just uh, me, but our marriage, because it's something that my husband wanted in his, in his life. And so praise God. So I just share that because I'm not above all of this. I'm in it with you. And the prayer and the seeking of God's hand is going to get you what you need to find that freedom. So let's apply this. Let's apply this one. So Romans 12, 9 through 13, it talks about sincere love. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. So love genuinely without hypocrisy. How many of you are guilty of loving someone in your family, yet when they're not listening or looking, you're talking about them. You're talking about, you know, the fact that they annoyed you or that they always do this thing or that thing, or why do they parent that way? How do we show love to our family, our friends, our employees, our students, our clients, and love them even though they may be difficult to love, even though they fail and they're broken? It's just a test of us loving people like Jesus loves us. Because Jesus could look at us and go, I love them so much. But look at them judging. Look at them failing. Look at them being selfish. Look at them following the world's way, idolizing their phone, idolizing this or that. But he doesn't do that. He looks at us in love with open arms, prays for us, compassionately forgives us every single day as we continuously fail, and guides us in how to grow. That's what we need to do for those that we love. And that's what I'm working on. That's what I work on intentionally. I'm working on it intentionally every day, just catching myself, retraining my mind and retraining my mouth in love. Okay, the next is hospitality again, which is, it's a little different than unity. Unity is mentorship, community building, but hospitality is welcoming other people, welcoming new people, welcoming old friends, family member. How do we welcome people in our home? How do we welcome people to create a sense of belonging, to comfort other people in their time of need? Hospitality would be bringing a meal to somebody who's grieving or sad or scared, reaching out to have a phone call conversation with somebody that needs it, mentoring somebody in your life, um, going and volunteering at your kid's school. Like, What is it that you're being called to do in a hospitable way that would serve others? And maybe it's out of your comfort zone, just like it's out of mine. I'm better, but it's it's still there. I am growing in this area so much. And I think God, God strengthens and cultivates us in these moments of discomfort. And as we persevere through those things, we grow and we stretch. Our heart for compassion grows when we push through our own limit. And we only are what we are. We only know what we've learned, what we've been taught as children, what we've seen and what we've experienced and how we were raised. And so to no fault of your own, some of these things might be really difficult for you. 
love or hospitality or unity or humility or sacrificial living or renewing your mind. These things might be difficult for you and that's okay. That's the point. How do we grow through them so that we're living our lives at this beautiful, optimal place, not in a striving way or a service way, but in a way that it's like, I get to live my life this way. I get to pour out. I get to serve and help and give and love and also receive all at the same time because all of this that I'm talking about right now, all of this is purpose. Everything I'm talking about right now is actual purpose in your life. You feel empty, lonely, void, lacking, depressed, anxious, angry, alone. These are the things that fill you up. These are the things that return favor into your life. I promise you, follow this roadmap and just experience your life in a new fullness that you never anticipated. So the the last one here is patience and prayer. Talking about be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. (sighs) During times of affliction, times of hardship, times of struggle, angst, anxiety, what ifs, but the world, hot mess news, social media addiction, phones everywhere, like the political unrest, like all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. Patience and prayer. Be patient and continue in faithful prayer and be joyful in hope. This is God's plan. All of it, even the messy. So don't give up on petition and prayer to the Lord. He hears you. There's no perfect way to pray. You don't have to be fancy. You can be messy in your prayer life. It doesn't matter. You can yell. You can whisper. You can think it. You can scream it. You can cry. You can laugh. It doesn't matter. God hears you. He knows your heart. And even when you're messing up your words, Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf. So just open your mouth and he shall fill it. Last but not least is Romans 12, 14 through 21. Bless those who persecute you. Bless. Do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we're called to love our enemies to seek peace, and to overcome evil with good. Let's apply this. So first is love your enemies. This is hard. This is super duper hard. We are called to pray for those who mistreat us, who maybe are unkind to us, who oppose us, who leave us a bad podcast review, (laughs) that angry student that emails you. Oh, Lord. God gives us opportunities like this to show kindness, forgiveness, understanding, And I believe to be an example of what it looks like to handle conflict and difficulty as Christ would. And we are being an example to those people. And when we pray for them, instead of condemn them, we're lifting them up to the Lord so that he can deal with them. We don't need to deal with our enemies, with our opposers. We need to allow God to. God's justice is going to always be right. The second thing is to promote peace. So strive to live peacefully with everyone. That is definitely easier said than done, especially nowadays. There's so much conflict going on when we look at um, 
politically and, you know, locally, all the things that we're dealing with. And we're called to create peace, to seek common ground, even when it's challenging. So for this one, I just remind myself that whoever this might be or whatever the situation is, whether it's really big situation or really small situation, it's in God's hands. These are God's people. God loves everyone. There's never somebody too far gone. There's never a situation that can't be solved. And there's never something that's not already within his plan. And so how can I promote peace in this moment? Whether it's peace in my own mind by I'm going to let this go and relinquish this, grab the Bible and really take captive this thought and turn it to God. Or whether it's, I'm going to be careful of the words that I speak that will promote peace. Think of yourself as a mediator. If you're a mediator in your home, how do you promote peace in that moment? If you're a mediator in a situation where it's getting heated or or something like that, how do you promote peace? If you are dealing with a negative like a review or a negative email of some kind, how are you going to promote peace in that moment? That is a call from Romans 12, 14 through 21, that we are to live at peace with everyone, if at all possible. Okay, and the last application is to overcome evil with good. So rather than seeking revenge, responding to evil with evil, we come at it with love, kindness, grace, being the light in the dark, being the salt, and to make the decision not to go down to this earthly, worldly level, but to rise up to a kingdom level. So there is so much in here, and I just wanted to go through this with you, one, for you, but two, for myself, because I think it's such a beautiful roadmap of how we live our lives. So I just want to wrap all this up by encouraging you to open your Bible. Read the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1 through 21. And read it, soak in it, and then pull out what you receive from this word. These are just the things that I saw and the things that I'm highlighting that I'm going to be actively applying. But maybe there's something else for you that God has just for you. So go ahead and do that work. And then as a quick recap, the things as far as an application are sacrificial living, renewing your mind, living in humility, uh, creating unity, sincerely loving, being hospitable, and being patient and purposeful in your prayer, loving your enemies, promoting peace, and overcoming evil with good. So friend, I pray that these verses are not just a guide, not just a learning point today, but an action plan that you can be inspired by and that you can live by to really step into this place of hope and love and purpose and that full circle fruitfulness that comes in when we live in alignment with God's word and his will. I just pray that this blessed you, encouraged you, and that God walks beside you in your journey. And I just pray that you have everything that you need to find a peace that transcends all understanding today and every day. I'll see you back real soon. God bless. Bye. Did you have fun or learn something? Leave mama a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else 
who's been praying for a business breakthrough. It would also bless me big if you'd take 30 seconds and leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, come watch my free workshop where I'll teach you how to grow your online business in less than two hours a week using podcasting. Watch right now at podcastforgrowth.com. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.